Good afternoon, everybody. Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, getting ready for these fantasy football drafts. The season getting ever closer. I know, Wiz, you and I both have kind of our first kind of big money drafts tomorrow night and uh, getting excited for that. Preparation continues and super psyched for football. Uh, lots of news still going on in the league, moving parts uh, after the cuts, and uh, we'll see him some players resign. Want to talk about a couple of those with you in a second, but uh, just want to say, how you doing today? Yeah, doing well. Um, getting ready for our draft marathon. Uh, I have drafts starting from Thursday night all the way till the following Friday night. So uh, uh, one draft per night, and uh, it's uh, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm ready to go. I know tonight uh, in, in the main league that you run that uh, that we are in, uh, in, in Pelham Parkway League. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, tonight our keeper lists are due. I know you have uh, been uh, on my case a little bit because I continue to seesaw back and forth. And uh, it's uh, 5 p.m. or so on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're supposed to get these in by 8 o'clock. And you'll be happy to know that I believe I have come to a decision with my four players. Excellent. You are the last team to make your decision, just to let you know. Uh, I keep, you know, every time I check, it has four players marked off, and uh, the site's pretty good with that. You know, so everyone marks off the four keepers, and then I just release the players, rest of the players back in the pool, and uh, our team page is just uh, the remaining four players. So I'm glad you've made a uh, decision. I know in some ways a gut-wrenching decision for you, but uh, it's all part of the fun and excitement of fantasy football. No, it isn't. And, and in that league, right, there's a lot of preparation that goes into, like, I know the way I do it, Wiz, when, when that gets released tonight, I get my draft sheet because I'm one of these guys that keeps track of a draft, unlike Jimmy O, who doesn't pay. And, and I'm going to just tell everybody out there, pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Don't go into your drafts and not understand who needs what, what money is left. Who You have to know what everyone else is doing in your drafts, okay? So I go into my draft sheet. I go into each team. I fill in spots. That's what I do. I will do that tonight, Wiz. Yeah, I do I do the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's always a, a fun you know a thing when you look at the potential keepers. And I always like to try and... Uh, guess uh, who the guys are uh, that are going to be kept to see how many they can get right. I know a lot of people do that as well. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun tonight when that's released. And uh, that's the uh, start of uh, really our preparation for the league and seeing who's available. So uh, that will take place tonight. And uh, looking forward to that. Yep. Awesome. So I, I just want to hit a couple of things with you before we get going on this particular podcast. So, um, you know, cuts took place. I, I think some interesting things I mentioned yesterday. I was very concerned when I saw the Minnesota Vikings make that trade for Chris Herndon. It looks like the worst news possible for my boy, Irv Smith Jr. It looks like he's undergoing surgery. He's going to miss the season. That's a terrible one. I'm very intrigued by the Kiki Kuti signing. He is a cult killer. I think the Colts took notice of that. They have him in their practice squad. Uh, we know Paris Campbell is quite a frail player, so a player to keep your eye on if he ever was able to get onto the field for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think one situation that Giant fans need to be in mind here, uh, Evan Ingram looks like there's some question whether he's going to be put on IR. I've liked what Caden Smith has done at times uh, when he's given an opportunity. So I think there's an acknowledgement there that something could be moving forward with in terms of his potential as a fantasy contributor this year. Uh, we talked about Cam Newton potentially landing in Dallas, but Will Greer uh, cut by the Carolina Panthers 
gets signed there. Uh, the Detroit Lions have decided to go with a kicker. They signed Austin Siebert. And I think two guys that I'm going to say to keep your eyes on, and, and by the way, I, I don't want to remiss here, Tyler Croft, I think, is one of those names that will move up leaderboards. Zach Wilson will look underneath at times, so he's a guy that will move up boards. But two guys that got cut, that surprised me. I talked about Tyron Johnson. I didn't talk about Colin Johnson, so Tyron Johnson from the Chargers, Colin Johnson from Jacksonville. Both of those guys got picked up on uh, – the Giants picked up Colin Johnson, and the Jacksonville Jaguars picked up Tyron Johnson. So just a few little news items that I kind of picked up today. I don't know if the, you want to talk about anything that I just mentioned or mention something additional before we get into today's podcast. No, I mean, I think, you know, uh, you touched on that and. uh the, the, these are players that are more for deep, deep leagues uh, that, you know, you're starting a lot of players for the fantasy leagues where, you know, it's kind of like standard. It's going to take injuries, as you mentioned, for some players to uh, actually get in there and, and be a factor. But it's, it's, it definitely is something that everyone should keep their eye on because, as we've seen here, uh, it's a telltale sign of what teams think uh, about guys that we weren't quite sure about, like uh, the Dolan Thompson release kind of is a clear indicator that Clyde edwards Delaire is going to be uh, a full go uh, for the start of the season. And uh, it was an ominous sign when the Vikings uh, traded for Herndon about Irv Smith and the news came out after that. So, yeah, there are a lot of things to keep your eye on, and I'm sure there'll be more things uh, as you know we get into the weekend as well. Yeah, and one, just one last thing too, Wiz. Now, so the New Orleans Saints are going to be displaced. We saw this uh, a bunch of years ago when Katrina hit. They're going to be displaced. Looks like they're playing there. At least their first game uh, will be a home game in Jacksonville. Uh, we talked a lot about this last year, Wiz. So, so that's going to definitely be a, a detriment in terms of not being in the Dome with their own fans, all that sort of thing. Uh, but one thing we kind of touched upon last year, Wiz, with, especially when we started the season, no fans in the stadium. We haven't really talked about this yet in terms of now this year uh, you know I, I'm guessing that most stadiums are going to be kind of close to capacity full if not 75% maximum um, or minimum I should say uh, have you ever given any thought about how that kind of potentially impacts things uh, this year because remember last year you didn't have kind of that fan that natural fan noise you had pumped in noise I'm just curious if that's imp- impacting anything that you're thinking about, maybe for some of the defenses out there. Uh, we, we haven't talked about it at all. I just figured it was a good time to mention it with New Orleans being uh, displaced for the time being. Yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking about one team that I think it, it could have affected negatively and may help them a little bit this year are the Seahawks. Uh, I just think that situation, that team, that environment, it just seems like with the fans going crazy and you always have like that cold rainy, wet stadium that only the Seahawks seem to thrive in that. Um, You know, I think it could affect them. I'm not sure if that's the reason why their offense faltered. But if there was one team that I feel could benefit uh, with that, it's them. You know, look, they say that Kansas City is the Lowry Stadium. Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey could play in a library and they'll put up 40 points. So it doesn't matter. That doesn't really matter to them. But thinking like the Seahawks, is one team that if you have to say that, you know, maybe there could be an advantage with the fans being back, I would say it could be the Seahawks. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right, so let's move on to today's podcast, Wiz. Uh, you know, I think uh, this was a good idea by you. We didn't we didn't we haven't talked about exactly what we're gonna do. You just gave me the 
what you wanted to talk about and how you want how do you want to go about it? It literally was a one minute conversation. So why don't you uh, lead us into uh, today's podcast? Yeah, as the uh, as we head into the start of the season and right in the midst uh, and the meat and the potatoes of when people are having their fantasy drafts, there are these guys that are just climbing up the leaderboard and there's so much hype surrounding some particular players. And uh, yeah, I thought it would be fun just to, you know, we'll, we'll give each other a player and we'll just phrase it as, are you believing that? Are you believing the hype or is he not your type? And um, we'll, we'll start off a quarterback and I'll give you the first uh, go at it here. I'm going to mention uh, a quarterback and uh, you just tell me, you know, are you believing the hype? or is he not your type? And that is Sam Donald, who just seemed, I don't know, the last game, tremendous efficiency. Uh, people, you know, got the chance to see that offense, what it could look like. So when it comes to Sam Donald this year, uh, now I'm not saying you're going to be drafting Sam Donald as your number one quarterback, but in terms of rostering him, having equity in that player, are you believing the hype or is Sam Donald not your type? Yeah, so I, I'm believing the hype, I think. I think more so than anything here, Wiz, uh, is the fact that the system is different. It's no more Adam Gase. It's a capable coaching staff with immense talent at the receiving positions, immense talent at the running back position. And I just think it's an environment where this is a young up and coming team. It's a demanding, it's going to be a demanding environment there. David Tepper, you know, hedge fund guy, he demands results. And I think there was a lot of thought that went into this. We know how much, uh, Deshaun Watson was kind of spoken about as a, as a potential landing spot here. Uh, and then the legal problems came up and that was the end of that. And this is the direction that they chose to go in. And uh, yeah, I, I'm believing it. I, I like what I saw. I like the efficiency. This is a guy that just was dealing with different offensive coordinators, a lousy coach, a lousy system, uh, just, just a, you know, just a franchise that just is going nowhere, nowhere many times in the course of their history as an NFL team. So I do really think that Sam Donald is going to significantly benefit by the change of scenery. And I, I think in a lot of leagues, Sam Donald is going to be a guy that's going to be my second quarterback, and I'll be very comfortable with that uh, decision to do so. Excellent. All right. You have one uh, teed up for me here? Yeah, I do. And, and, and being that I just mentioned Tua, and he's still in the news, and it's, we're still talking about the uh, Deshaun Watson rumors with the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, I've kind of, I, I think for me, I, I've shown some discomfort at times with, when it came to Tua in terms of what he could do uh, for the Miami Dolphins in terms of leading them to victory. I was critical last year when they changed course from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I know you love this player in college. Uh, I think Tua's, there's definitely a little bit more noise and positivity despite the fact that these kind of Watson things are going on in the background. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Tua? Are you believing the hype that this guy is going to be a quarterback that's going to make significant strides this year, or is he not your type? I'm believing the hype. Uh, I love Tua. Uh, and, I mean, I love the player. Uh, you know, as far as his fantasy outlook for this year, I think you have to, you know, be reasonable with your expectations. But I'm putting a big, giant X through the season last year. Um He's another year removed from his injury. Uh, COVID and all kinds of things made it difficult for rookies, especially at the quarterback position. I think he was kind of unsure what was going on. I think this year they got rid of Fitzpatrick. 
Tua's got the job. I'm not sure about these rumors about Deshaun Watson and what that's going to do, the mindset. But I like the player. Another year removed from the procedure. Uh, a, a pretty good receiving core. A very good tight end. A Several backs that can catch the ball. So when it comes to Tua Tagovailoa, I'm believing the hype. All right, fantastic. Uh, I like. I'm going to give, give you. I'm going to give you another. I have one other quarterback that I want to give you. So big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, it may appear that the reports of his demise was greatly exaggerated. Uh, came in lighter, diet looking good, elbow feels better. He's going to rebound. He has something to prove. Um, a lot of hype about Big Ben, like the thoughts about him being done and over, not so much. He is kind of moving up the draft board at quarterback. So I ask you, Ben Roethlisberger, believe in the hype, or is he not your type? So, uh, you know, it's funny. So first off, I want to say I got, I got a buddy, Plav, out there who, who – we we have a good friend that's in our our league, uh, Connor, and uh, every now Ben Roethlisberger has dropped this weight as you mentioned, and more and more. So my my friend Plav used to say that Connor looked just like Ben Roethlisberger, and now when I see this slim down version of Big Ben, I, I'm really starting to see Connor in the mirror. So it's quite interesting. So uh, anyway, well now back to the football question of it. Um, you know, if I was kind of a believer in like this kind of zero quarterback kind of policy. I think maybe a good strategy coming into this season. We talked about two players in, on this podcast a little bit. I wouldn't be against somebody going out there and drafting both Matt Ryan, who we don't know what his kind of future is in Atlanta, and Ben Roethlisberger, and taking a shot that one of those guys surprises the hell out of us considering where they're being drafted, and they kind of live up to the expectations that they've played to for most of their career and ends up having kind of this top 10 season, would I kill a person for kind of employing that sort of strategy? Absolutely not. The biggest reservation I have around Roethlisberger, aside from the fact that he's bouncing back from this injury, is that offensive line. I know he's got offensive talent in terms of his receiving core. I think he's got a tight end that he can throw to. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Najee Harris here. Uh, so, you know what? I am going to believe the hype. I'm going to get sucked in. I've been sucked in before on Big Ben, as you know. I'm going to believe the hype on Big Ben Roethlisberger. All right. Any more quarterbacks for me? Because I have one more for you. Yeah, so I, I have one more for you here. And, you know, kind of in this group of those guys after Patrick Mahomes and kind of Josh Allen, and we talked about the next group of guys. And we didn't see much of them. And when we did see him in, in the preseason, uh, it wasn't very impressive. But I'm still seeing Kyler Murray kind of being, in, actually in some draft boards, being, being considered as the first quarterback to be taken off the draft boards. I'm not joking about that. Uh, I know you've spoken a lot about this player a little bit. Uh, he's got a very lofty rating. I'm going to ask you, based on kind of top three, top four ranking, believing that or not your type? That's such a difficult one because, you you know, you phrased it perfectly. I mean, yes, I'm believing the hype as quarterback one, but that early – um, I am concerned about that offensive line. So when it comes to Kyler Murray being drafted that early, the way that offense looks, that offensive line, I am going to say that Kyler Murray is not my type. Okay. But 
I do respect him. And with a pick like that, to me, it's about value. And if he moved down, I would not have a problem taking that player. But as far as like where you're mentioning, he's going as far as overall quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's not my type. And I'm gonna I got one last one for you. Uh, this is a player who wasn't he. People weren't even sure he was going to be the starter. He was dynamic on a televised game. So he threw for 5,000 yards a couple of years ago. Jameis Winston, are you believing the hype or is he not your type? So I, I'm going to say this about Jameis. I, I think the problem with Jameis Winston is the fact that I think you have a quarterback behind him who has already proven that he could actually lead this team to victory. Uh, brings kind of a different dimension. I don't think Sean Payton is going to put up with turnovers. So the same way that Bruce Arians did a couple of years ago. So I would say this, if we got old Jameis, even though throwing for 5,000 yards, but but he's having to bring his team back and his team is pinned, his defense is pinned on the heels a lot of times because he's turning the ball over. I don't think it's going to be acceptable for a long time at all. Uh, I think there'll be a very short leash, in my opinion. So on that basis, I'm probably going to let somebody else take that shot. Now, we're not talking about a quarterback that's going to be drafted as a number one quarterback, but I'm going to show a little bit of hesitancy because I think the leash will be a rather short one for Jameis Winston. So I am going to say not my type for Jameis Winston. Excellent. All righty, let's move to the running back spot. I'll let you uh, start off and uh, give me one. All right, very good. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a guy that I'm going to be keeping uh, tonight, and I think uh, you know this guy has definitely started to push upon the top 10 running backs in the league. I've seen in some places, and I don't agree with this, that he's actually being ranked ahead of somebody like Nick Chubb. I don't agree with that, by the way. So let me state that emphatically. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. They cut Peyton Barber. I'm talking about the Washington football team. So the path for, for Antonio Gibson, there, there's been discussion around usage, uh, Christian McCaffrey-type role. We know Ron Rivera was the coach in Carolina when Christian McCaffrey was drafted. So I think right now you're seeing Antonio Gibson nudge his way kind of past kind of like that 15 to 17 range and starting to knock on the door of the top 10 running backs. Uh, and based on that, Wiz, believing that hype or not your type? Yeah, this one's fairly easy for me. Uh, I'm believing hype. I like the player. He has a, a terrific skill set. Uh, everything that's happened is, is, is good for the player. Uh, you have uh, Peyton Barber who last year vulture touchdowns and he was released and um i just feel mckissick is, is not is incapable of being a workhorse guy and and the, and the washington football team has no plans of using him in that matter so i think all systems go for uh for for antonio gibson here and uh i am completely believing the hype okay fantastic so i have one here and again this is not on the player's ability or the fact that he should be drafted early. I'm talking about where he is now going. So Najee Harris is now entered in drafts that I've seen. Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb territory. So I ask you, in terms of that, not talking about whether you think Najee Harris is going to have a good season. He's going to have a very good workload. Um, and he's going to put up good numbers as long as he stays healthy. And then you'll add on top of that that uh, McFarlane is hurt. So 
All of that said, considering the range that Najee Harris is going into in that grouping with those running backs I mentioned, Najee Harris, are you believe in the hype? Is he not your type? Uh, I think you have to believe the hype. I think the volume and everything, like you just said about Gibson, where things are pointing in his direction, uh, I think things are all systems go. We know what Pittsburgh has done with a running back before and a guy like Le'Veon Bell and how, how they kind of rode that player. So it's not like Mike Tomlin doesn't understand that. Uh, so I, And I'm not saying he has the same uh, kind of offensive line that he was working with a few years ago. That's definitely different. But uh, you know, I think there seems to be confidence that this group is going to start gelling and relatively quickly, uh, which is good to hear, those kind of signs coming from the Pittsburgh Steeler camp. Uh, I think from a volume perspective, it's, all, it's just completely teed up for Najee. Harris here so yeah you know again it's probably it's almost feels a little bit like Clyde Edwards Hilaire so I think I think if you're a person that got burned by Clyde Edwards Hilaire are you you likely to go down this road probably not but I think outside of that I think you got to like everything that you hear about the volume that Najee Harris is going to see this year yeah I can't dispute can't dispute any of that uh okay you have uh, another one for me yeah I do actually and 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 this is an interesting one uh, I think because I think it started out, you know, it started out kind of interesting, you know, in terms of this player could be something. And I, we really didn't hear much about him. But now when you look at the roster and where he's ranked, uh, you kind of have to scratch your head and say, do I need to do a reevaluation here? I'm talking about Mike Davis. Uh, Mike Davis, you know, we thought he was going to be, I feel like he's hardly been spoken about in the preseason when it comes to running backs. But the opportunity has been afforded for Mike Davis to kind of take a stranglehold here based on what this roster looks like. So uh, I would say right now, I don't think there's hype, but I'm saying, I guess what I'm asking you is, I, I think there's some underappreciation of what's going on here. So I'm almost kind of, playing it from the reverse side. So, so Wiz, is it a situation where a player like Mike, Mike Davis is deserving of more hype or, or, or he's not your type and he should be kind of being not talked about the way he is at the moment? So I'm kind of I'm giving a little bit different edge to this per, per particular one. Yeah, you're a real rule breaker I see here. Um, in all seriousness, I think Mike Davis is ranked correctly. Um, I, don't, I know the opportunity, but I just don't feel he should be in a grouping with, like, Gibson, Edward Delaire, Montgomery, Carson. I, I, I don't believe that. But I do believe he should be ranked above some of the other guys um, that, you know, people may have above him. So I'm kind of in between on Mike Davis. Do you feel, I mean – with the latest, what's, what's happening to him with, you know, the moving up or down, do you feel like you're seeing one way or another a shift that shouldn't be happening? No, no, I don't. I'm, at, I'm kind of in your camp, and I, and I still think there's a chance here uh, that a guy that you took a chance on a couple of years ago, but for some strange reason last year, found himself inactive a lot of days on game day. I, I still think Kadri Allison's going to have something to say in terms of his contributions here, uh, and you can almost see both of these guys contributing. We know Mike Davis is an older guy. It's not the same situation a lot of people I think are kind of hanging on to this Arthur Smith notion and what he did with with Henry but I'd argue that the player that kind of fits that bill more is Allison so uh, I, I would say I'm in agreement with you uh, and I've started to kind of have a little bit more of an affinity what what what, what Allison could do on the fantasy uh, field this year as opposed to what Mike Davis can do all right and I got one more for you in running back and, and this is a guy that we've talked about frequently on these podcasts and I thought he was ranked poorly to begin with. And now there is a lot of momentum 
with this player in, in the sense that not only is he going to be, you know, involved in the offense, he's going to have a big part of the offense. So Jamal Williams is really starting to take off in terms of people believing in him, where he is really moving up. Um, a lot of things in the consideration, the Lions, uh, the game script, how that's going to be going, considering they're probably going to be a very, very poor team this year. Uh, they have a second-year guy in Swift that they like a lot. Um, you know, a new quarterback and a new running back, you know, trying to get in sync with Goff and Jamal Williams, both coming over to the Lions. So, Jamal Williams, are you believing the hype or – at this point where he's being moved to, he's not your type. Yeah, so it's interesting. In some of these drafts, you're seeing kind of Jamal Williams and and, uh, and and DeAndre Swift kind of bumping up against one another. Usually, uh, I'd say DeAndre Swift is a couple of spots higher than Jamal Williams, but it's kind of been fluctuating in that range. You don't see a tremendous disparity between the two players. Um I know Jamal Williams is a veteran, uh, probably the better pass blocker uh, in terms of what's going to happen here. He's a strong guy. He's a tough guy. He's not necessarily going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, ripping off seven and eight yard runs. I don't see that, but I think he'll give you a lot of consistency. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still think Swift is the more dynamic player. And I think at the end of the day, I think he will be the guy that will rise to the occasion here. So, not my type for Jamal Williams, uh, based on them being drafted as closely as they are at the moment. I, I, I have a little bit more hesitancy about that particular situation than I did maybe two or three weeks ago. Okay, I think um, I think he's going to be involved in the offense. So I'm not saying he should be flying up the boards where he seems to be, but I think he he will be part of that offense. And I think right now. He, it's in between. He he's 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 he deserves to be ranked higher than he was, but he doesn't deserve to be ranked much more higher than he's going on draft board. So uh, I could see where you're coming from, but uh, I do think he'll be part of the offense. That was it with me, with me for running backs. Did you have any others? Uh, you to me. Yeah, so so the player that was just traded to from the New England Patriots to Los Angeles Rams uh, is Sony Michelle, and Sony Michelle was kind of an afterthought, I think, in a lot of drafts, and no longer an afterthought, starting to move up pretty sizably uh, when you look at draft boards. Uh, I know you've spoken a lot about Daryl Henderson and kind of what you thought the Rams probably thought was going on here. Uh, Xavier Jones has now been put onto IR, so Jake Funk is the only other running back on this roster at at the moment, they haven't chose to sign another veteran guy. Uh, but Michelle, you know, a former very high draft pick, formerly a very effective guy in this offense, can catch the football. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, right now, Daryl Henderson going ahead of Sony Michelle. Would it be preposterous to think that Sony Michelle could be the better performer at the, by the end of the year? I don't think so. But I'm just curious. This kind of move up that he's done over, you know, with this trade. Obviously, he's got to learn a new offense, so that'll take a little bit of time. But is this kind of move up justifiable? And could you see a scenario where, at the end of the year, it's Sony Michelle that ends up being the guy to own for the Los Angeles Rams, who, as we've spoken about many times here, are really playing for it all right now. They have they have they have put their eggs into this near term run. Uh, where, by the way, they will be playing the Super Bowl this year in SoFi Stadium, their home stadium. Just thought I'd mention that. Uh, Wiz, what do you think about that one? 
Lance Sonny Michelle was not my type. Um, you know, I, I, I don't trust Sean McVay in this whole situation. Uh, I think I prefer Henderson slightly. Uh, I don't agree with Sonny Michelle should be going ahead of Henderson. Uh, I think it'd be close. I think they're going to be using both players, but I think Henderson has a different skill set, a little bit better of a better skill set for what the Rams want to do on offense. So I, I think that trade was more as a necessity. Uh, now there's a clear path for playing time there. You know, their, their backfield, Cam Akers gone, Xavier Jones gone. Uh, so it figures it, it to be uh, mostly Sony Michelle and Henderson, but, I'm still not buying it. And as far as like him ahead of Henderson and moving up the boards, uh, I, I like Sonny Michelle, but as far as that goes, he, he's not my type. All right. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. I, I, I love hearing your opinion. Uh, I actually right now probably am being swayed in a different direction uh, than you, but uh, you know, let's see what happens here. So, all right, let's move on to wide receiver, Wiz. Uh, I'm going to start off wide receiver. Um, this is a player that I don't like. I have never liked him because of what I deem to be his kind of uh, volatile performance uh, historically where he'll have three and four good games a year uh, and the rest of the time he'll kind of usually disappear. Uh, for some reason, and a lot of draft boards, this is the guy that's being drafted number one from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm talking about Marvin Jones, Ricky Lassen's boy, Marvin Jones. Um, right now, that's the way he is definitely moving up on, on, on draft boards. I think DJ Shark has all but disappeared. Uh, it's really a toss-up between him and LaVisca Chenault. Uh, so justifiable whiz is Marvin Jones, your type, or are you buying this hype? If you're asking me, am I buying the hype or he's not my type that he should be the number one Jags receiver taken? I am clearly not buying. I'm, I'm clearly saying he's not my type, uh, for that. Um, you know, we haven't seen shark play and I, I think shark still, could be the number one guy or, or, or very, very close, or kind of 1-1-A one, one with Chenault. But I think Marvin Jones uh, is a good route runner. He's there. I think he'll teach the young guys. But as far as him being drafted ahead of Chenault and ahead of Shark, I'm going to say he's not my type. And I, I have not seen that, that he's being moved up, especially with the latest news about that injury. And uh, I think he's going to – they said he's going to be a go – for week one, but um, yeah, if you're phrasing him like that, that he sh he's going as the number one Jags receiver off the board, I am clearly saying that he is not my type. Okay. Uh, let me give let me give you one here. Um, so it appears that that Justin Jefferson is not only inside the top ten; he has separated himself from Adam Thielen. Uh, on draft boards, uh, I'm not sure how the Vikings would perceive that, but in terms of drafts, it's not like, you know, the Robert Woods Cooper Cup thing or Chris Godwin Evans. There's a, there's a pretty big gap now between Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And I'm not asking you if you agree with that, that he should be ranked ahead of Adam Thielen. As Adam Thielen gets a little older, and Adam Thielen maybe is touchdown dependent, but as far as Justin Jefferson, you know, there's film on him now, second year receiver. Uh, you know, is is is, is this going to continue? Is he deserving of this top ten rankings on all draft boards a wide receiver? So I ask it plain and simple. 
Justin Jefferson. Are you buying the hype, or is he not your type? I want to fly like an eagle with Justin Jefferson, 100%. Oh, boy. Yeah. Music to my ears. Yeah. There is no question in my mind that, and I will tell you, I'm going I'm to I'm give you a second answer after I finish this one, but Justin Jefferson is going to be thrown to every which way. And I feel extremely positive about the direction of things. I feel, by the way, we know your Viking defense stinks. Uh, I think the, I think the Irv Smith Jr. I, I, again, I can't emphasize enough how how much that injury has impacted my thought process because I felt I had a number one tight end in every draft because I was intending to draft Irv Smith Jr. in every single draft I was in. Uh, that was my intent coming into this year. I thought he would perform like a top seven tight end. Uh, but I wouldn't be paying top seven price for it. Um, but I think Justin Jefferson will probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 30% of targets towards him. And I think this is going to be an unbelievable season. They're going to be playing from behind. Kirk Cousins is undervalued. And I'll tell you what else, too, is, you know, we talked about uh, the disparity between these two guys shouldn't be that wide because you know what? I think Adam Thielen has a chance to be a top 10 receiver this year as well because he is going to get so many short routes that would have also gone to Irv Smith Jr., that Adam Thielen is not going to be as touchdown dependent. He's actually going to get more targets as a result as well. Both of these receivers, I think, could knock on the top 10 uh, of fantasy this year. I feel really positive about the situation, especially given this lousy defense. So to answer your first question, absolutely buy the hype. But yes, I think you're feeling pretty confident about that one. A hundred percent confident, but I really feel confident about the fact that the, the Vikings are going to be throwing the ball all over the lot. Fantastic. Okay, you have uh, one for me now. I do, uh, and, and it kind of falls in line with the player was already moving up even kind of before the Cam Newton news came out, but I'm talking about Jacoby Myers. Now, I know they brought a Kendrick Bourne. I know they brought in two tight ends in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Uh, Nelson Aguilar was brought here. Cam Newton, shown the door, couldn't throw last year. Enter Mac Jones, can run the offense in the way that the Patriots want to traditionally run their offense. Jacoby Myers, undrafted, NC State, was moving up draft boards even before this came down. Uh, Wiz, believing that hype or not your type? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on, like, where where, he, where he's going. I mean, you know, just as a player, I think he, like I mentioned uh, with a previous podcast, he looks like a different player to me. Now, as odd as this sounds, I think it made more sense to believe the hype with Cam Newton than Mac Jones. And I'll tell you why. I think Mac Jones is going to rely heavily on John Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, and I think, you know, there are other receivers in the mix as well. So uh, he looks like a different guy. I do believe he could be drafted if you're playing in deep leagues as maybe a fourth receiver or as a flex or, you know, uh, a streaming starter. But I, I think with Mac Jones, he has the has ability to spread the ball around. That's what he's used to doing. That's what he's going to do. And just seeing like Cam Newton, believe it or not, had just a very, very good rapport with Jacoby Myers. So I like the player, but if he's moving up and he is getting out of line where he should be drafted, I, I'm going to say that I'm not buying the hype with Jacoby Myers uh, because with Matt Jones, I do believe that that ball is going to get spread around uh, with all of their receivers. Well, I think with Cam Newton – he would have had a lot more volume. So it's a tricky situation. Uh, but as much as I like what I've seen out of Jacoby Myers, I, I'm not buying the hype that he should be flying up draft boards. Okay, fantastic. 
And so, uh, you know, we mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, and I just see Chase Claypool entrenched in all of these things right around the top 25. Um, and he is, I guess, considered the big play guy. If Roethlisberger is going to throw the ball deep, jet sweeps, big plays. He, he had big games where he had a couple of, you know, several, several games where he had multiple touchdowns. Uh, I'm not quite sure about the consistency of the player. But has ranked right around 25 at receiver. And I know you liked him, you know, before the rookie season started. And, you know, he had, did have some big games. But as far as the top 25 guy, and your answer may be very well that you are buying the hype. I ask you, Chase Claypool, buying the hype, not your type. Um, I'm buying. I'm buying the hype. I'll tell you why. Was I, I think you you're going to see this player used kind of with the imagination that they did early, like early in the season, kind of between weeks like five and ten, because he disappeared later in the season. I don't know what offense that the Steelers were running later in the season for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the offensive coordinators moved on. Uh, perhaps it was because Ben Roethlisberger wasn't able to throw the ball uh, given his injury. Uh, it was a, after all, it was a team that started in eleven and zero, and I think Chase Clay. Pool was a big part of that success early on, but I'm buying the hype on Chase Claypool. I just the measurables are there. He's an exciting player. I think Juju is kind of very, uh, what do you call? You call, used to call Golden Tate a vanilla pancake. So I'm going to use that phrase for Juju Smith-Schuster right now, who made a strange decision. Even though offered more money to go to the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, he decided to stay here to try to prove himself on a cheaper cheaper deal. But I think Claypool is going to be used in a myriad of ways here. Like I said, the creative way, the way they used him kind of week between weeks 5 and 10, I think you're going to see more of that over the course of the season. So I'm believing the hype on Chase Claypool. Fair enough. I just have one more receiver, but do you have any more receivers? Uh, I do. I do. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, here, right here in New York, uh, the New York Jets and Corey Davis. Our boy Term loves this player. Uh, you talked about him a, a lot, back and forth with him. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Wiz, but I am seeing monstrous jumps by Corey Davis in terms of where he's gone. I mean, I think Elijah Moore was kind of the darling of everybody's eye at the beginning of camp, but as the games were being played, Corey Davis was looked at early, often, and all the time. So I am seeing him move up very considerably here. Uh, he's definitely being drafted more higher, higher than any, higher than more. And I think that's probably should be given the money that he's gotten and the contract he's got. Are you believing the hype on Corey Davis or not your type? I'm buying the hype. I'm believing the hype. I'm buying the hype. You know, Corey Davis, when he came out of the Mid-American Conference, was just perceived as one of the best route runners um, coming out of college in years and years and years. He is real precision. And, you know, it just he never was able to fulfill it with the Titans. And sometimes a light switch goes on, you get with a new coach, a change of scenery, and more importantly, Zach Wilson seems to have the best rapport with Corey Davis. Maybe he's had the most reps with Corey Davis. And you have a rookie quarterback like that, he's going to go to the guy that he feels he could lean on and trust. And when you watch that connection, it is clearly Corey Davis. So to answer your question, I am buying the hype on Corey Davis. Very good, Wiz. Very, very good. Didn't you have another player to give me, you said? I just have one more wide receiver, and then we'll move to tight end. So this guy, 
was a top 10 receiver or top 15 receiver years ago. He team let him go. He's been completely removed. Nobody's draft radar. Aaron Rodgers requested Randall Cobb come back. The hype around this now is that he loves Randall Cobb. Well, he always loved Randall Cobb, but Randall Cobb is going to get many, many snaps in the slot. With Aaron Rodgers, you could become fantasy viable if you are playing a lot, a lot of snap counts in the slot. So I ask you, Randall Cobb, it, it, could this be a form reversal back to the good old days? And I'm not saying he's going to be the Randall Cobb, uh, you know, with those monster reception numbers in a year. But in terms of Randall Cobb catching maybe 65, 70 passes and becoming a viable fantasy wide receiver, put it that way. Are you buying the hype, or is Randall Cobb not your type? You know what? I'm going to buy the hype. I'll tell you why I'm going to buy the hype. Um, I, I think the other guys in this offense, first of all, another one of uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets, Jay Kumaro. Uh, by the way, he made the Buffalo Bills. He's not here. Um, uh, Lazard, big guy, different type of player. Vance, uh, uh, Valdez Scantling, very inconsistent. And I think just a comfort level, kind of like he had a comfort level last year at Robert Tanyan uh, in terms of how much he connected with that player. I, I am buying the hype here because you know what? In 2019, I know he was two years younger, 29 years old, 55 catches over 800 yards, three touchdowns with Dak Prescott. Uh, look, I still think that this guy is going to be a contributor. I can see them using him on kind of some, you know, at times he played running back. I could see that him getting a few carries here and there as well. So I'll, to being where he's kind of being drafted, and do I think he could be kind of the number two pass catcher in terms of catches in this offense? I think the answer for you I'm going to give you is is yes. So I am buying the hype on Randall Cobb. Yeah, I think even though he has been completely off the radar, anytime you're a receiver and number 12 for the Packers is throwing the ball to you, you have to consider the player. You just have to. Uh, and that familiarity and the and, and and the real admiration that Aaron Rodgers, I remember there was a time where Aaron Rodgers said that Randall Cobb was the greatest draft pick that the Packers ever made, including he meant over him. That's how much respect he has for Randall Cobb. And uh, it's an interesting one, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I think this is going to be one of the best stories of the year. Randall Cobb. Uh, I, I'm waiting to look at the waiver wires and see Jordy Nelson get signed by the Packers here. So, <laughs> the way this thing is going. So who, who, who knows? We'll have to see how that goes. So let's move to tight end. I'll start this off. Um, you know, one player that just seems to be a guy who's – just completely popped on the scene last year. People are saying he's going to build on it. I know you like the player. I know you've talked the player. Uh, you've talked up the player. Logan Thomas, a tight end, is clearly not only inside tight end one. He's inside the top ten at the position. He's somewhere between seven and nine, depending on who your preference is uh, with a few players. Logan Thomas, top ten tight end. Are you buying the hype? Or is Logan Thomas not your type? No, I'm buying the hype. I'm buying the hype because 
Uh, first off, I look at what kind of what's happening at the tight end position. I think there'll be some watering down of what happens between John o. Smith and Hunter Henry in the, in the New England offense. We're not sure what Dallas Goddard's going to do. Zach Ertz is kind of hanging around. There's been a lot of discussion about Robert Tanyan. He was very t- uh, touchdown dependent last year. Uh, you know, I think there's still some question marks around a number of these guys. Gesicki being another one and Evan Ingram kind of moving out of kind of the top 12, 15 tight ends. Irv Smith Jr. getting hurt. So I think everything's kind of moved in the direction for Logan Thomas to kind of stay in that kind of 7 to 10 area. Uh, so I, I, and I think, you know, in this offense where he's probably going to be most of the times the second or third option, actually, depending on the route or, or the package that they're running. I, I'm believing the hype. The guy's made an unbelievable transformation from a backup quarterback to a tight end. He played an elite level last year, and he's got a more capable quarterback this year. All righty. Do you have any tight ends uh, on your list for me? Yeah, I do. I have two. Uh, so the first guy I'm going to bring up, and, and he's definitely moving up for some of the exact reasons that I just mentioned, but he burned everybody last year because he did not perform at the level that a lot of people expected him, the, the way he performed in the second half of 2019. But Tyler Higby has definitely moved into kind of that same neighborhood as Logan Thomas. He's got a better quarterback this year in Matthew Stafford. Are you believing that Tyler Higby can kind of return to the, what we saw from him at the end of 19 rather than the Tyler Higby that we saw in 2020 was? So if you would have asked me this question June 1st as opposed to September 1st, I would have said buying the hype on Tyler Higby. I just can't stand what I'm reading coming out of McVay's mouth, what's coming out of the Rams camp. They're keeping four tight ends on the roster. They're going to play 12 personnel. They're going to be mixing and matching. So uh, as far as where Tyler Higby is being ranked and where he's looked at, I am saying Tyler Higby is not my type. I have better preferences and, and, and better options than I feel players that I prefer, uh, one being the, the, the player we just mentioned, Logan Thomas. So uh, as of June 1st, I would have said yes, but after you know reading and all this stuff, what they're going to be doing with their personnel, I'm saying that I don't trust Tyler Higby to be a top 10 tight end. So he's not my type as far as that goes. All right. Awesome. Very good. I'm going to give you one more. Uh, we, we, it seems a lot of Steelers seem to be on my list, quarterback, running back. Wide receiver, so Mike, it must be Mike all those uh, breakfasts you're having with Nunu that's kind of pushing you in that direction. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I know a, I have a bunch of friends who are still fans. So that being said, Pat Fear moved from the Penn State Nittany Lions. He had that dynamic game, two great catches in the red zone for touchdowns. So um, he's now leapfrogging a lot of guys that were ahead of him. He's now, I'm not saying he's getting into tight end one territory by any means, but he's certainly getting in his leagues where you draft two tight ends in that grouping, um, moving ahead of some guys where I think he should be moved ahead of, but some I'm not so sure. So Pat Frimuth, Penn State, tight end. Are you buying the hype or is he not your type? So I don't particularly like Eric Ebron, a player who was drafted in the top 10 by the Detroit Lions at one point in his career. Uh, Oven mitts in one of those preseason games. I, I really don't, I don't really favor the player, uh, quite frankly, uh, in, in Eric Ebron. Uh, at the same time, 
I think both players will be on the field a lot. I know Ben Roethlisberger, over the course of his career, when Heath Miller was here, he had a lot of faith in that. But I think there's a just there's way too many mouths to feed at the, on the receiving core here. We haven't even talked about James Washington, probably one of the best fourth receivers in all the NFL. Uh, and if he ever got an opportunity because of injury, he would be a fantasy factor. But, yeah, I, I, I'm going to kind of put the brakes a little bit on the – rookie tight end yep. just feeling that there's just too many mouths here and Eric Ebron's still there. So that that's my view on that. Uh yep. and that will be uh go ahead, sorry was. Yeah, I mean I I kind of I kind of agree that was all I had at the tight end position and that was a wrap for me. How about uh, how about you with any others? Yeah, the only other guy I'm going to give you is a player that's just kind of moved up. He's in the background still, but we knew this is a position especially given that Mike Thomas is not around and Adam Troutman was seen in the back of a cart the last time we saw him, but Jawan Johnson, former wide receiver, New Orleans Saints now have uh, Jameis Winston at quarterback. Is there a chance that we're going to get surprised here and Jawan Johnson is actually going to make strides in this New Orleans Saints offense? All right, so I lost Wiz, so I'm going to answer it. And I'm going to say, you know what? I didn't like, I didn't like what I saw with Adam Troutman on the back of that cart. Um, I feel that Adam Troutman has been given a lot of opportunities here. And unfortunately, as a result of that, uh, I'm going to say this. Jawan Johnson could be a good surprise when it comes to fantasies, and I'm actually believing the hype in Jawan Johnson being a factor in fantasy circles. So that's going to be it for the hype and... uh, not my type, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you listen to us. Uh, lots of studying to be done. Lots of drafts happening. Uh, Wiz and I are going to be talking about so many different things on this podcast this year. Really paying close attention. We talked about it already. DraftKings, prop bets, many things. So make sure you're listening to the podcast, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll see you guys later. Have a good rest of the week. And have a good night.